Uh, Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com. I'm standing by. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I want to get your thoughts about Juwan Howard, what's going on right now, the coming, the going, uh, a lot of movement. I'm trying to figure out where this roster is going to be by the time they start summer workouts. What's the latest connected to Howard and Michigan basketball? Yeah, I mean, the latest is that they're still kind of putting the pieces together. I mean, it's we're, we're almost in late May here, and now they have three scholarship spots open on that roster for next season. And, mm. um, you know, you, you sit here, and, and earlier today I it took it a stab at trying to predict the starting lineup, and it just it still just feels incomplete. So I don't know. I mean, I know Olivier Kamwa uh, is still out there. We don't know he's going to go pro overseas. I don't know if he's going to stay in the NBA draft. We don't know. Maybe he transfers somewhere else. I don't know, but uh, Michigan's been in on him. It seems like the Ray J. Dennis courtship probably won't wind up going anywhere. So for me, it's it's just um, you're kind of, you know, Namari Burdett was a nice ad. Uh, Trey, Trey Jackson can be a solid addition, but um, you know, when you put together like a mock starting lineup right now, uh, I see a lot of guys that could be solid pieces, but I don't know that there's a go-to guy there right now. And, and with NIL and the transfer portal and you know Michigan's admissions, if Jawan Howard is, is pissed off and just kind of at his wit's end here, I, I can't say I would really blame him. Yeah, because you're trying to figure out with admissions, which it's a different animal. You, know, you just can't transfer to any school and just go play sports and not have the grades to come along with it or what's necessary to graduate. You know, it's nearing the end of May. You're going to get to the holiday week. Then June goes by fast because 4th of July, there you are, summer workouts. You know, the Dickinson loss was uh, a super shock to the program. I'm just off the year he had. And some will say hot seat. No, yes, he needs a great season. I don't care what his roster is. He has to have a better year than he had last year. And think about that. He had his son, Bufkin, and Dickinson. How is he going to do that? Well, yeah, you have two guys that are going to be, it looks like, you know, top 20, top 25 picks in this NBA draft. Yet lost an All-American center. And you weren't making the NCAA tournament, or you were barely making the NCAA tournament the year before that with that caliber of talent. So now you look at it and go, Okay, well, Doug McDaniel's a nice player. Terrace Reed's a nice player. Um, but other than that, like, you don't really know. You don't know where this thing is at right now. So, again, it's, they're going to have to find a way. And to a certain extent, there might be a little bit of addition by subtraction. But, you know, this is still, um, you know, this is still, you still need talented guys to come in and, and contribute and produce for you. And, you know, I, I think they have a few guys that can be that. But, um, it's going to kind of come out of, you know, it, the best case scenario is that guys like Yusef Kayat, you know, goes from barely playing last year and looking unplayable at times to, you know, maybe being inserted in the starting lineup and maybe he takes like a Kobe Bufkin-esque leap just by virtue of playing those type of minutes. So, but even then, it's you're sitting in a, a spot where is that enough for you? And even if a guy comes out of nowhere and becomes an NBA draft pick, you're probably not going to be able to retain him. And is it going to be enough to get you in the tournament anyways? We Clearly it hasn't been. So, yeah, it's, I just don't know. He's going to have to find a way, but I don't, I don't know how it gets better from here. I really don't. 
and it's it's going to take a big push from a lot of guys that are there already, and we'll see if they're capable of that. But you know, I'm, I'm skeptical. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee uh, guest line. I, I don't see how they can do it unless, like you said, there's you know four guys that emerge that nobody sees coming right now. I, I, they. They, they could live near the bottom of the Big Ten, which is already incredibly strong. And then how does, you know, how does Ward Manuel, Michigan Athletics, a year from now, how do you retain Howard if they even go deeper down, which is going to hurt transfer portal, which is going to hurt recruiting, which is going to hurt attendance? I mean, it's just a trickle-down effect. But you know what? That's what Juwan Howard gets paid for, and we'll see what he does. Uh, let's move on and talk about Harbaugh and Michigan football. What's the latest trending news from Shem Beckler Hall? You know, it's funny. We talked about that early, early this week um, on one of our shows is that, you know, spring football has been wrapped up for about a month and a half and, and the spring trip is over. And, you know, now everyone's kind of transitioning into off-season mode. And guys are staying in shape, you know, before workouts and fall camp. But kind of the biggest storyline with this team right now is that there aren't really any major storylines. You don't have a quarterback battle. You know who your starting running backs are going to be. For the most part, you know who your wideouts are going to be. You know who's going to start on the offensive and defensive lines. And it goes on and on at every single position where, you know, they just have a team full of known commodities. And, you know, you had nine guys taken in the NFL draft, and the storyline of that draft class is that there weren't more guys that were in it. Um, and the story was the guys that didn't declare, like your Zach Centers and your Trevor Keegan's and your Blake Corum. So for me, I mean, the biggest storyline right now, uh, the buzz is that, one, I think everyone's getting healthy. Your guy, your Drake, uh, you know, Drake Nugent and uh, Will Johnson, those guys are on the mend from some stuff that they had going on. I expect everyone to be healthy for fall camp, but the biggest storyline is that, yeah, they don't really have any. It's stability, it's health, and it's, you know, for me, um, you know, when you just dig a little bit deeper, it's, you know, you've had two years where you've made Big Ten title, or, you know, made the college football playoff, won a pair of Big Ten titles, beaten Ohio State twice. How do you find a way to stay motivated? Because right now, I mean, there's, you know, um, even just the human element, you could see where there might be some complacency that could sit in there. But uh, for this team, I think right now, its biggest storyline is that. Um, I think this year has the chance to be, you know, not to say that there's a window on this this contending that they're doing, but to me it really does feel like the third part in a three-part trilogy of what this era of, or what this phase of the Jim Harbaugh era looks like. And uh, right now everything's just stable, and the buzz is about as positive as it can be on a number of fronts. Yeah, I think that motivation is winning that Final Four semifinal game at least getting to the championship, if not winning a natty. I would agree with that. I mean, you, at some point, the bull streak that has to be the losing streak has to be snapped. Um, you know, if you if you want to argue that you can keep sustaining this, you can't just get there. You got to get there and make noise. They don't hand out participate uh, participation trophies or things like that. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is that you know, as good as their offensive line has been these last two seasons, the two worst games that they've played over these last two seasons have been in the college football playoff. And there have been a, guys in other position groups that can probably say the same thing too. So, uh, you know, finding ways in that, you know, whatever it is, three, four, five weeks between, uh, between games to, to keep your momentum going, um, to keep, 
to play your best football when the lights are the brightest. And they've done a really good job of doing that inside those 12 or 13 weeks where the regular season takes place. But, um, you know, this is, to me, I, you're right, Bill. I think it, it's Houston or bust for this team. And anything less than that, um, you know, yeah, obviously you can win a Big Ten title, still make the playoff and call it a quote-unquote good season. But for this to be a truly successful season, I think you need to play on that last Monday night. Anthony Broom for the Wolverine.com joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. I want to get your thoughts before I let you go on that CBS Sports uh, Power 5 D1 head football coaching rankings. Saban 1, Kirby Smart at Georgia 2, Dabo at Clemson 3, Lincoln Riley at USC 4. I don't know if I would have put Riley there. I probably would have put Harbaugh, who's at 5. Brian Kelly at LSU. I know they finished strong, but... They haven't done a lot yet, but, you know, there's Harbaugh in the top five. Uh, Ryan Day at number nine, but they put an asterisk uh, next to it, actually number eight, with an asterisk that said if he loses to Michigan for a third straight time, he will drop to 68 out of 69. Uh, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, which nobody is talking about at number nine. James Franklin at 10. So you want to talk about the Big Ten as much as nationally the narrative is on the SEC at least from this CBS poll, uh, you have Harbaugh at five, you have Day at eight, Fickle at nine, Franklin at ten in terms of the best college coaches according to CBS Sports uh, in the Power Five. Well, and keep in mind too that even if this list stays somewhat similar heading into next season, Lincoln Riley and USC are coming yeah. to the Big Ten too. So it's. Yeah. Uh, you know, so much for the poor little Big Ten that can't stand up to that. Mm. Yeah, and that's a great point, Anthony, because Chip Kelly at UCLA is number 13 on this list. So you would have, you would add number four in Lincoln Riley at SC and number 13, Chip Kelly at UCLA a year from now. Yeah. And the thing with these lists is that, like, yeah, they're more or less designed for for us to have these types of conversations. I mean, for me, I don't know how, if it's talking about the state of things in the here and now, like it's got to be Kirby Smart at number one, just because you're coming off back-to-back national titles. Pretty good chance to probably do it three times in a row this year, but we'll see. It's just so hard to do. Nobody's done it, um, I think, since the late 60s or early 70s, I believe the stat is. But, um, yeah, I mean, Harbaugh just being where he is, um, I think you could make a case for him maybe even higher just because of, the effort and the the identification of what was ailing them pre-2021 to be able to lift them up, pull them out of that hole and then push them into what we expect now to be a third straight year of making a push for college football playoff bid, being in that national title conversation. I mean, that's... Um, they're not recruit. They're not... They haven't been recruiting as well as those coaches that are above the list, or above him on the list. So... Um, you know, in terms of a guy, in terms of you know who's doing the most with the resources available to them. I mean, I, I think Jim Harbaugh right now, over these last two or three years, has done as good of a coaching job as anyone in the country. So, yeah, that all that all checks out and makes sense to me. And Harbaugh is doing what the Michigan fans and Jim Hackett wanted when uh, they hired him. Took a while, but now he has a machine and factory set up. You lose nine guys to the NFL, and here you are still amongst the top two or three pretty much in every poll. On the bottom side of the coaches' ranking, Power 5, D1 football, uh, Ryan Walters, a new coach who replaced Brom at Purdue, is number 64. 
Tom Allen, I don't know, he still has a job there at Indiana. Uh, he's at number 62 in terms of uh, Big Ten coaches. Uh, Deion Sanders is at 55 and running off his roster at Colorado. I found that to be a little bit humorous. Greg Schiano's at 50 at Rutgers, just so much in front of you. I don't know if he'll be able to get it going. Mike Loxley at Maryland, a lot of talent. I do question uh, in-game strategy there. He's ranked 49 out of 67. Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Uh, he was the 24th ranked coach just a year ago in this same CBS Sports poll. He has plummeted to 47 uh, in the rankings. Uh, other Big Ten coaches, Pat Fitzgerald at 45 uh, on this list. Uh, Marcus Freeman at ND, that's kind of a regional guy at 38. So I know they're just lists, but I, I think it's based on expectations. Do you fulfill them as a coach? Do you maximize uh, your talent? And I would say outside of the first half against TCU, Michigan pretty much maximized the entire season. I would agree with that. Um, again, you know, I think this time last year, if they're putting this together like that, I bet Mel Tucker and Marcus Freeman and I know a couple of those other guys are probably much higher on the list because of you know, because of the way they'd sort of surpassed expectations, both, you know, the transfer portal, um, you know, Freeman was, was hot on the recruiting trail this time last year. So it's just, it shows you how, you know, how, how much variety there can be in these things from year to year. But yeah, I mean, like you said, um, getting the most out of your roster, uh, player development, game strategy, uh, all those types of things, the poise your team shows, the types of wins it goes out and gets. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago where I felt like, you know, you're, we're, we're coming on, coming on the radio, coming on your show, talking about how, well, Jim Harbaugh hasn't been able to win games on the road and he can't beat his rivals and he can't get to Indianapolis. So it just goes to show you how quickly things can change. And sometimes, you know, for his, for his, whatever value people want to put into these coaching, sometimes it just takes a special group of guys to pull you out of those types of situations too. And, um, you know, I think that that's, you know, Jim Harbaugh's done a great job of, I think, giving his players the resources they need to be successful. But ultimately, they've been able to alter their fortunes over the last few seasons because this is probably as good a player leadership group over these last couple of years that that I've seen, at least at Michigan. So, um, yeah, I mean, when, you, when your program's humming on all cylinders, you get all the praise and um, as we're seeing with Michigan basketball, when nothing's going right for you, your head coach kind of has to wear that too. So, um, but winning ultimately cures all and can fix a lot of narratives. Anthony Broom for the Wolverine.com. You can follow everything University of Michigan Athletics at the Wolverine.com. Anthony, wonderful conversation. Enjoy your weekend. Of course. Thank you to you as well.